0: When you're upside down, you can appreciate gravity. How can all these objects not crash to the ground? Sounds from an old TV set, muffled voice, aircraft above. These problems have branches, leaves, predictions, predictable. Actions? Routine. But when you reach down to tie your shoe, and haphazardly catch a glimpse of the Earth, it looks quite different from this angle. Look at these thousands of blades of grass, all within the eye's focus. The dark brown dirt. Can you believe the miracle amount of clovers? So perfectly rounded. Wow and this shoe, you didn't realize how worn it has become. As you rise, it all blurs into essences. That was an interesting perspective, was it not? I wonder what I'll see up the center of this tree. There's a power, a complexity, a meaning of life somewhere in there. Today, I walked counterclockwise. I saw things that I've never seen before. A fresh take on life, far away from board. Clarity. All it took was a slight turn of the dial. From outside the window, looking into your room, everything is different. How about the moon? A circle in the sky? Or is your planet merely a circle in the sky? Hmm. These problems that we're obsessed with, Blurry sounds from the old TV set floating far away. One little turn of the dial changes everything. Let me introduce you to my friend Phil, the therapist. And allow me to introduce you to my friend Rob, the
1: artist. So, how do we look at things from a different angle, Rob? How do we get a different perspective?
0: I think it's the conscious decision to do so. I think it's something that takes practice. We've all been on an airplane and looked out the window. And what do you see? Clouds. Sky. Everyone looks like ants. Everyone looks
1: like ants. Rushing around to try and get things done. Cars rushing around. It seems so small and insignificant.
0: Like problems are far away when you're up in an airplane. How many times in a routine route, Phil, have you looked over, seen something and said, oh, wow, I've never noticed that before. You are
1: treading into my favorite subject of mindfulness. I try to live mindfully. The other day I walked out of my front door and looked up and there were clouds sprinkled all over the sky it looked like cotton balls had been placed up in, and I had to stop and take a picture. But there have been times in my life where I just like, oh, I got to go to the office and who cares and get my keys out and blah, 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 blah. I've shifted to, wow, I never noticed that bloom. I never noticed that tree. How about you? Do you take a moment and look around and take in the
0: Not always, but you ask, how can we do this? One step forward towards that is to simply take a different route. Go one block over or two blocks over. If you do that, your day will actually be more memorable. It will seem longer because your brain, it likes new
1: material. You got to change it up or else life gets stagnant. You get trapped in a routine. I have a quote that speaks to what you said at the very beginning. Here's the quote. Different angles reveal different worlds.
0: Perspective is a choice. So we've all heard, don't judge someone until you've walked a mile in their shoes. Reminds me of the Everlast song. Or Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird to his daughter, Scout. If you can learn a simple trick, Scout, you'll get along a lot better with all kinds of folks. You never really understand a person until you consider things from their point of view, until you climb inside their skin and walk around in it. Walk around in their skin. I love it. Why don't we do that? Let's step inside inside the role of a photographer, for instance. You are firmly yet gently cradling this camera in your hands. You close your left eye. While you stare with your right eye into the viewfinder, you take your index fingertip you put it on the shutter release. You slowly maneuver your feet on a search for the perfect angle to capture, to celebrate the interesting face. Now that interesting face is alive with a lifetime of experiences within their eyes, the gateway, the gateway to their soul. You fire off staccato rhythms, immediate requests to immortalize single fractions of time. Every tiny variance, be it up, down, left, right, a half step closer, a half step further away, you become fascinated when you realize that it's different every time. What surprises you even more is that sometimes a photo is taken a second apart of the same person and it can end up looking like a completely different person. And that is from the tiny fluctuations in your approach. But what happens, say, if you you go over there and stand on the chair? Or what if you... Get on the ground. Get on the ground. What if you you change lenses? From a, a photographer's perspective, it is quite incredible. And I never get bored with that, how just this slight variance changes everything. So how can you use some of these techniques in your day-to-day life? How about from an actor's perspective? When the actor has the task of building a character, they lead with curiosity. Okay, well, let's play detective here. The writer has left clues. That's a good place to start, but more often than not, there's a lot left up to you to figure out, to discover. Now, do
1: you really put time into that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I could, I could see that getting overwhelming, like going too nuts with the backstory.
0: Oh, no. But oh, no, you can never go, <laughs> you can never go too nuts. I, look at Daniel Day-Lewis. Maybe he goes a little too nuts. But So you ask yourself, what do you like to eat and why do you like it? What do you do or what do you think about when you are all alone? Who has mistreated you? Who have you mistreated? What fragrances of the world move you? What turns you on? What makes your skin crawl? What do you want? What are you fighting for? What amuses you? And why? You lead with curiosity. Now, you ask, does it go too far? There's a wonderful scene with Denzel Washington. There's a speech that was completely improvised based on just this, what we're talking about here. That backstory that he had he had worked on. Well, it just flowed out of him in a in a beautiful beautiful way. He won the Academy Award for that.
1: 1989, Denzel Washington won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for
0: Glory. Glory. I couldn't think of the I couldn't think of the title.
1: For his portrayal of a defiant, self-possessed ex-slave soldier.
0: We'll continue down this road. What about the rehearsal? You like this subject as well. The magic is in The rehearsal. This is where you try things out. Okay, so what if you go into the scene while thinking about beautiful flowers? What if you pretend you're secretly an alien or you're from the future? What if you're a reincarnated lion? That's a lot of thinking, man. (laughs) Oh, no, it's, you know what it is? It's a lot of playing. It's a lot of
1: playing. It's imagination.
0: So look, no matter what you try, one thing that is for sure, you are learning something every attempt.
1: I remember you coached me on my TEDx talk, mm-hmm. Music is Hope, and you coached me to like do it, do a take, so to speak, do a, do a practice where I'm talking like this and I'm very flat and I don't have any inflections. How does the brain work with music? That was really hard for me. And I, it was a great practice run, though. And then I'd, I would practice going over the top where everything's really loud mm-hmm. and big and crazy. <laughs> it was great. But you're so right. Rehearsal, the magic is in
0: rehearsal. Well, because in, in, if you think about how can you use that in, in one's normal life, well, what, what do we do there? We just – we use our imagination.
1: I'll do that sometimes in a therapy session. I have people go over the top especially like a couples or a family therapy session. Well, and I was going to say every now and then I can get a lot of connection by having the mom act out, they role play, they swap. I had a client, the son was depressed and they swapped and it was hilarious. The mom was acting, I'm depressed, everything sucks. And this kid who didn't smile at all was laughing in session, it was great stuff. Laughing, I do laughing that a lot. is
0: so such a release.
1: And sometimes people just need that; they need to get it off their chest. I uh, I also try this trick, Rob. That's kind of in this whole change your perspective. I will have uh, people switch chairs. So now you're the husband, you're the wife, and how does it feel to sit in your husband's chair? What's going on inside you? How does? what are you thinking and feeling?
0: The switching chairs thing, it reminds me of two things. One, let's say you, have a, a, you go to a classroom setting, and the first day people sit, they choose a seat. Right. And human behavior, it's very predictable. On that second class, 80, 90% of the seats will, will occupy the same person. Yeah, it's human nature. My challenge would be, sit someplace different every time. This would work in uh, like a work meeting.
1: I love when I do workshops and I have large rooms of people and we break for lunch. We will, if I'm doing a training or continuing education, I will move people's name tags from their seat. I'll move them all around. And adults really get upset about this.
0: You hear audible groans Here's a first date tip for people if... Hey, look, I'll give you this this tip. You can use it if you want or not. I can't wait to hear this. They get up to go to the bathroom. You switch chairs. Now, it, it would be better if it were in, in um, not just like a table kind of situation where, let's say it's more like... Like
1: a, like a booth or something. Right,
0: or, ca- or maybe it's just more open seating, kind of the couch kind of setting.
1: More a coffee shop, yeah, a coffee kind shop of thing. kind of
0: setting, exactly. Switch seats, and and change your perspective for the second half of the date. Certainly keep them guessing. Well, uh, change it up. It's well, it it keeps both parties fresh. Anyway, as a director, I often will tell an actor, surprise yourself. Okay, this, this take here. Surprise yourself, and it's it's a freedom that co- comes along with that.
1: Yeah. You can break out of your old pattern. You You can do something different. Yeah.
0: You work on it. You practice so much.
1: You get unstuck.
0: Yes. You just let it go and see what happens.
1: I think that could be really effective in a boardroom with... I've worked in hospitals a lot of my career. I feel like we always try to address the problem the same way. I've got a great Albert Einstein quote. No problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. We problem solve from the same chair, from the same position. It's what we've always done. Well, we got to do that again, even though it didn't work.
0: Right. Stand stand up, walk outside. Take everybody outside. Well, you were telling me, too, that sometimes you will actually take your clients on a walk.
1: I do it all the time, especially with... Uh, kids in group home settings. If you want to talk to a kid in a group home, take him for a walk to the 7-Eleven and get him a, a Slurpee or a Slushy. You will get more out of that kid in that walk than you'll ever get sitting in a, on a couch in an office. Take him to the basketball court. Hey, this reminds me, I also do a different perspective thing called empty chair work, where say a client's father has died and the father was abusive or critical, I can put the client in his chair and he talks to his father and then he sits in the other chair and acts like his father. It's a gestalt therapy technique. But oftentimes the disconnect is within us. It's not out there. And especially dad has passed away. Now it's in you. Your discomfort is in you. It's a process. It's, it's interesting people get a lot out of that. It doesn't solve the inner struggle, but it opens their eyes. It's a different angle.
0: It's a different perspective. I, I, was, I had a situation yesterday where someone was extremely upset because they had been yelled at viciously. And what I told them was – I always talk about the phrases that are written on my wall – Yes. There was one that was perfect for that in relation to this individual who's yelling at them. Don't fear unscary things. You've got to look at the source of this person is part of their, their flaws, where they have such a temper. They will just yell, yell, yell. This person, just based on history, is not dangerous. My recommendation was, why don't you look at it, for example, in a thunderstorm, thunder and lightning, well, when you heard it the first time as a child, it probably scared you. But now, it is just thunder and lightning. It's, there's no need to be afraid of it. Don't fear unscary things.
1: That reminds me of a time both of my children slept through a hailstorm when they were really little toddlers. And it, here in Colorado, we get golf ball-sized hail. Imagine if you had a dump truck... Of golf balls was being poured on your roof, rapid fire, and they slept right through it. They didn't even know to be scared
0: of it. It might have been soothing.
1: Well, and I was up going, oh my God, the roof's going to cave in and we're all going to die, right? So I could have taken lessons from my kids in that moment.
0: So back to how art or the process of art can open up different ways to see things. When I'm painting, Sometimes I will flip the painting upside down for a new perspective. Sometimes I will take it to the mirror and look at it, the reverse, the horizontal flip. And it's as if I'm discovering it for the first time. Also, sometimes I take a picture of it so then I can look at it as if it's far away. Every time you, you do any of these little tweaks, you see it in a brand new way. It changes your perspective. It's a different angle. The king of different angles would be M.C. Escher.
1: Classic, timeless, relativity. First printed, 1953.
0: M.C. Escher distorted our perspectives throughout his lifetime with mind-bending illusions and impossible geometric patterns. Incredibly, he did it all by hand. Mathematicians and- Marveled at this. Marveled at this. Relativity was a
1: lithograph, and in the image, it's a world that defies angles
0: and gravity. There are several staircases, but you're looking at them. It's black and white, so that helps because none of the colors stand out. It's all equal. There are 16 humans walking around. Some are sitting. They're all from a different perspective. Some you're looking from a bird's eye view. Some you're on the ground looking up sideways. A mind trip.
1: You look at it and go, that isn't possible. You shouldn't be able to do that. It is cognitive dissonance. You can't walk upside down. You can't go that way.
0: You can't stop looking at it.
1: It is kind of hypnotizing. It is. And they're different centers of gravity. One's walking up while the other is walking down and one's sitting on a bench, defying gravity. This had to inspire J.K. Rowling with... Hogwarts. There's a scene in Hogwarts where the stairs connect and go different angles. M.C. Escher
0: has inspired so, so many, so many. things, especially in, in movies. I think there was, a, there was a scene in Inception. I didn't see Inception, but I think there was a strong reference to M.C. Escher in that. Inception was a great
1: graphical imagery perspective of breaking through a plane and going to a different perspective. It's on my list. It's almost like you've got to be careful. If you if you have too big of a screen, it could kind of make you dizzy. Bernard Pra, photographer and sculptor with an amazing eye for perspective, he created anamorphosis. At one angle, it looks like a bunch of garbage, kind of. There's metal and scraps and chairs and tables and depending on which piece you look at, turns into a face.
0: The only place you can see this face is from one... One angle. Other than that, it looks like a bunch of trash.
1: He has a good representation of Einstein. And apparently he would go to the exhibit center and go find... He would scavenge random objects from wherever the installation was. So he would create this on the spot genius, really.
0: It just shows that you can glance at something and dismiss it as trash.
1: Well, that looks like garbage. That's a judgment statement. And we do right and wrong really strongly these days. We want to impose our position on someone else. But in true mindfulness, in true perspectives with art, you let go of judgment You don't judge others as wrong or stupid or idiots. You also don't judge yourself. I see my clients do this. They judge themselves even more harshly
0: than someone else. People fall into the trap of, is it this or is it that? People often think there are two choices. That's a fallacy.
1: There are many choices.
0: There are so many explanations that are not obvious. And so an artist is really good at seeing other perspectives. But Phil, some artists are terrible at seeing other perspectives because they can fall into a trap of where they believe every little detail matters. So think of, think about this, a writer, for instance. When someone writes a book, every little detail that they discuss, that they lay out, there's meaning for that, right? There's meaning. What about in a movie? When someone is watching a movie, well, if there's something happening behind, say, a wall, the director is not going to be like, okay, so let's have all this activity back behind this wall, but we're not going to show it. We're, <laughs> we're not even going to tell you about it. So everything you see in a movie is for a reason. Very purposeful. Absolutely. Deliberate. And so then when, when people get into the trap of if they feel that every little detail is a is a clue, oh, well, that, ah, oh, did you see that little thing? Well, that might have just been just a random little thing. But some artists get, fall into the trap of everything everything must mean something. So then, you know, modern day, there, there used to be the expression, a picture never lies. That was before Photoshop. <laughs> but, I was just thinking that. <laughs> but, but even then, there were methods before Photoshop. Okay, Phil, maybe you can say a video never lies, right? Well, I saw it. I saw what happened. I saw the surveillance video. Okay, well, so this had to happen. This or that had to happen, not 10 other perspectives. Well, what about what was behind the wall? What happened right before? What was the context? What happened right before? And in modern day, we have deep fakes. People can digitally alter and make image. anybody yeah. say anything. So if anybody listening falls into those two, it's this or this, or I saw it, so I believe it. I would just simply say well maybe maybe it's this maybe it's this but anything you see. I mean here's the thing. If you've ever been if you've ever been in front of the camera on a reality TV show, if you've ever been in the editing room of a reality TV show. By the way, anything I'm mentioning here, I've 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 been there, right? You've done it.
1: You've done it. Yeah. If you've
0: ever, ever been in the editing room of a documentary, if you've ever been in the editing room of a news broadcast. Okay. I've been in all those places, and I can tell you this. Things
1: are not what they seem.
0: Of course not. Here's here's something that this is also just kind of random about ways to look at things. People people have their heads in the phone. They're not paying attention. They're not aware of their surroundings, which can be, let's just talk safety here a second. I know this is off on a tangent, but you walk into a restaurant, so many people, well, how do you, okay, let's say there's, God forbid, an emergency, right? Well, how do you, how do you get out of this restaurant? This, let's say there's an active shooter. What do you do? Well, there's there's a door. Oh, well, there's somebody in front of the door. I guess we're screwed, right? We're stuck. We're trapped. A good tip would be when you walk into a restaurant, anything like that, you look around. And What about the kitchen? There's the kitchen door. There's going to be an exit past the kitchen. There's three things. Run, hide, fight. I feel like we're... We're back at the safety awareness video <laughs> yeah, at exactly. the hospital. Run, hide, fight. <laughs> First thing you should do is run. If you can't run, you hide. If you can't hide, you fight. People get stunned in that situation. Sure.
1: You never know. You don't know what you're going to do.
0: But if you do picture that in advance, like, well, what if that happened? Then when something happens, your brain doesn't freeze. Because most people, if they don't think about it, freeze. they freeze. Yeah, That's nature. You will freeze. And that, that was a tangent. I have another perfect
1: and appropriate quote for looking at things from a different angle. And it's a it, it speaks to what we've been talking about. A mind is like a parachute. It doesn't work if it's not open. Frank Zappa. Frank
0: Zappa said that. I like that. I like that. Look look, we're always we're primed for seeing things in different perspectives, even though we get in the habit of not doing it. Because even if we don't notice, we have Two eyes, most of us, we have two eyes, they're round, they're not flat, so we have the sharper focus, the sharper focus for the direct vision, blurry for the peripherals. If you have an astigmatism, and let's say you're nearsighted, each eye gets a different prescription, then you're additionally viewing things from two different angles of distortion and focus points. So these elements combined with what your brain already knows about the surrounding world Fill in the blanks to create what you see. You could take it on the same note. Your preconceptions and opinions are filters in which you interpret what you see. So do you choose what you see? Your reality is is a, a souffle of all your past experiences, all the responses and images served together in the brain as a single entree. Back to the nature You're prone to recognize that which you already believe to be true. So do you see things with your feelings as much as with your mind? It's a counterintuitive challenge to explore the idea that things you believe to be are wrong. What if you are wrong about a major issue? How could you handle that? With cognitive dissonance? With grace? When someone is talking, could you listen as if they might have something that you can learn? Do you fear other angles? Or do you slam doors on dissenting opinions? If one puts up a steel wall of armor and is tolerant to all, unless they disagree, then they are not truly free, far from it. Is it a ridiculous idea to lead with love To those in your community, without assumptions, without preconceived strife, turn the playbook upside down, put it back on the shelf, and walk away, counterclockwise today, and open your beautiful eyes, the gateway to your soul, and see. Something new.
1: Thanks for listening to The Artist and the Therapist. Subscribe. For more information, contact us at info at